Hey, thanks for checking out the Blake Benz podcast. If you're a first-time listener, this is the podcast I put together just over a year ago for my business, Good Advice. And we're basically helping companies grow and scale, getting them the business that they need, the customers that they need, while also becoming the leaders they need to be to really manage the, the employees that they have for their business. You know, as you can probably tell, there's quite a bit of different conversations that happen in here. Today, actually, I just put out an article on LinkedIn. We're talking about the five absolute worst of the worst things that you can do in sales in a digital world. If you have a product that you're trying to sell online, which why wouldn't you be? Today's culture is so driven by online. It's so involved digitally. Digitally. If you don't have an online component of your business, if you're not using online at all, I guarantee you you're leaving money on the table. But talking more about customers, you know, how do you really get the customers that you need in the digital world? Man, there have been some really strange and bizarre tactics in the sales world. In fact, when we talk about getting customers online, it's it's naturally it can be a bit of a challenge because you know, these people aren't engaging with you on a day-to-day basis. They don't see you physically. They're not actually sitting down to have coffee with you. I mean, in many cases, especially when we're talking about like Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, what have you, you know, these people are scrolling directly through their feeds. And so you only have a second to really grab their attention, to really get them to pause and take a second look at you. Unfortunately, what this has done in the business world in terms of sales is it's caused people to take really questionable, awkward, cringy, bizarre uh, methods when it comes to getting you to buy from them. Probably the most cliche, probably the most obnoxious one. It's the person who will, you know, they'll film their Facebook ad in front of a Lamborghini. Or I actually just saw one on Instagram yesterday. A guy was, he was selling some, I think like digital marketing or SEO or something. And the entire ad was him walking through his mansion, talking about, you know, hey, I know exactly what you're going through. I was where you just were. You know, I I have this awesome house because my business has really taken off in the last six months. And there's a lot of like themes in these kinds of ads that are, I mentioned that they're really obnoxious, but they're also just really... They're pretty toxic in the entrepreneurial space. They're pretty much cancer when it comes to actually running a reputable business. And so what I want to do today, we're going to we're going to break down what some of these awful things are, and I'm going to implore you. I'm going to beg you to not do these things. Now, I realize that there are some people out there that for these five things they're going to say you're crazy. I do that. It works. Yeah, some of these things actually do work. It's why it's so prevalent in today's culture. However, what I will argue is that in doing any of these five things, what you're actually doing is you're chasing the dollar. You're chasing a short-term sale in the expense of building a long-term brand. You know, you may think that people on the internet, they're not really connected. You know, if you burn someone, who are they really going to tell? You know, if I get burned by some random digital marketer online and I tell my friends and family, are they even going to really know who that is? Is it really going to matter? Not really, right? And so it's not like a small town feel where if you burn someone, people talk and they're going to find out. And that leads to sort of this, this belief that I can 
I can take advantage of people in order to make as much money as possible, and it's really not going to catch up and bite me in the rear. And so I implore you as a business owner, especially if you're going to build your thousand raving fans, the people who keep buying from you time and again and again and again, it's not a mental mind trick. You're not manipulating people to come back to you. What you're doing is you're actually creating a healthy relationship where someone loves your brand so much that they happily buy from you and they happily tell other people about it. And it's pretty powerful when that happens. It's like when you ask someone, hey, I'm looking for a recommendation for someone to paint my house. Oh, you got to use this person. These people are amazing. They were so easy. They were so cheap. You know, what have you. They were amazing. You know, that kind of testimonial will do more than any kind of ad in the entire world. In the same way, you're building your thousand raving fans online because you want them talking to their network saying, you got to work with Blake. You got to do this. You got to do that, et cetera. So if you're wondering how to do that, you don't want to do these five things that I'm about to talk about. Now, before I get into this, maybe you're thinking, okay, I I kind of already have an idea of maybe where you're going to go with this. I kind of already know the things I shouldn't be doing. What should I be doing to convert someone? What should I be doing to get someone to buy from me? And let me be clear. There's nothing wrong with a, a sales process. There's nothing wrong with putting some sort of like data behind it and having sort of like a program-esque feel to it where, you know, you've really got it down to a science. That kind of stuff is fine. The issue is when you start to manipulate buyers and try to get them to buy from you, even when it's not in their best interest, when really it's in your best interest, not in something that's legitimately going to help them. So Before I jump into the five things, here's what you can do right off the bat to convert people well and start building your thousand raving fans. And this is going to challenge a handful of you. It's going to challenge many of you. In fact, it challenged me when I started to do this. What you simply need to do is listen. That's it. All you got to do is listen to your prospective buyers. And it's amazing when you can tell when people really aren't listening to you because, you know, they jump maybe to the next question. They, you can kind of tell they're just trying to get through certain lines in maybe their sales script. You can tell it's kind of like whenever you call customer service, right? Like when your cable goes out or the internet goes out and, you know, you're in, in some cases, you know what not to say, because if you know, if you say this one thing, it'll trigger them to go down this entirely different route you don't want to go down. And so, you know, I think for me, it would be like whenever and I and I haven't had this issue in a long time because I built my own computer like a decade ago. But I used to be all in on a certain brand of computers who shall not be named. But I hate this company because they're awful. Well, I remember if I would tell them that. If, if they were to ask a question of, have you tried reformatting your computer, which was basically like re-wiping it down to nothing, I knew if I said no, then they'd say, okay, well, that's what we need to do. And it'd be this really long, lengthy process. And it really wouldn't solve what I was really dealing with. And so I would lie and say, yes, I did do that. And that way we could actually get to solving the actual problem. You know, salespeople today are really no different. In many cases, they're they're waiting for you to say a certain word so that they can get you to buy from them. Now, the most effective salespeople I know, they just have a conversation with me. They say, Blake, what's going on? Tell me about what's happening. Tell me about the problems you're facing. 
And then they respond with, hey, you know, I can probably help you with that. And here's what this looks like. Now, is it always compelling? No. Do they always do a great job of, of communicating social proof in terms of here's who else it's worked for? Not always. But I can tell you right off the bat that the salespeople who listen to me make me that much closer when it comes to buying from them. It gets me that much closer. And I said that's going to be challenging for some of you because in many cases, we're not such great listeners. I can think of many conversations where I'll meet someone at a networking event and I'll say, hey, it's great to meet you. And they will tell me about themselves for you know, 15, 20 minutes before they ever, in fact, they don't even think to say, hey, wh what do you do? Hey, what, tell me about you. You know, people really like to talk about themselves. They really like to, you know, it's in, in, in I don't think it's always malicious or that it's ego driven. Sometimes people just don't have those kind of people to listen to them. But if you can become a great listener, I promise you, your sales will get better. Your ability to drive revenue in terms of converting customers, and I use that word converting, I don't mean to make it sound superficial, but it's a common world word in the sales world when we talk about moving someone from prospective buyer to actual buyer, when we convert them, and especially when we convert them again to a raving fan, again, where they love your brand, you know, the better you can be a listener, the easier those things will be. So that's my piece of free advice for you today. Let's talk about the five things you want to avoid if you are trying to be a salesperson in the digital world. The first one, probably the most obnoxious one, this one makes me groan every time it happens. It's the fake authentic message. It's the person who says something like, wow, this is amazing, DM me and let's collaborate. Or if you're on LinkedIn, it's the person who sends a connection invite and says, hey, I love your content. Let's connect. Let's get in the same network. Hey, let's. I, I want to follow you. And you click that accept button. You click that yes button. And no sooner have you clicked it, because it's probably bot run, no sooner than you've clicked it does the person then respond with, hey, can I tell you about this awesome offer that I have? That is so frustrating because essentially what it's doing, you're saying that you don't value a genuine, honest relationship with me. And I, I like to call it the okey-doke. And you may be thinking like, what the heck's the okey-doke? The okey-doke is when you tell someone one thing and then you do something totally different. You okey-doke them. You trick them. You, you fool them into thinking, haha, you thought we were making a legitimate connection, but really we weren't. And, and probably like just as bad as these are the ones who say like, hey, let's grab a cup of coffee. Hey, I want to just, I want to just learn about your business. Hey, I want to just hear about what's going on. Hey, what are you doing? What are you working on? And no sooner have you sat down, does this person start telling you, man, I want to tell you about this awesome thing that I can do to help your business. Man, I want to tell you about, you know, listening to your story. I think I have something that can really help. And it's like, oh no, you, you brought me here to sell me. You brought me here. You've, you've tricked me now. You've brought me into the lion's den to now corner me and convince me to buy from you. When really, if I had known you were selling me, I can tell you I wouldn't have bought, even if you were the most amazing service in the world, I wouldn't have bought from you because it wasn't the right time for me. But now it's awkward. And frankly, now I don't trust you because you've brought me here under false pretenses. You've tricked me. 
You know, it's like it's like Buddy the Elf when he's like, you sit on a throne of lies. You know, you've you've tricked me. You've okie doked me thinking you're clever to make me one step closer to buying from you. It actually does the opposite. The second thing that's really frustrating about this, it's when salespeople make their ego more important than my problem. And I like to tell the story. There's this guy who I talked to last year who called me on the phone. We were talking about his lead generation business. And, and the way I'd gotten connected with this is I had a friend who was uh, part of, uh, was using the service already. And this, this would have been actually just a few months ago. Using the service already. He was like, you need to check this guy out. I was like, okay. So I, this guy gives me a call and he's like, he starts talking about his business. And really right off the bat, I'm, I'm put off because this guy talks about maybe 10 minutes about how amazing his company is. He doesn't ask a single question about me. I don't even know if he knows what my business name is because he hasn't asked. But he's saying, you know, we've been in business for a decade. You know, our clients love us. Man, we have offices all over the country. Man, we are just so good. We're connected in these industries. And I was like, man, this guy's really just, he's letting go of the resume here. He's just letting it all hang loose. And at the end of it, he says, you know, what I love about my business is we're able to guarantee, you know, 10 qualified leads per week to our customers. And these these leads are anywhere from $5,000 to $15,000 in terms of monthly revenue. Now, would this be something you'd be interested in? He asks. And I'm just, I'm really put off by them. I'm just, there's something about them that's, it feels real salesy. It feels real slimy. Again, he doesn't know what I do. He hasn't asked. He doesn't even know my company's name. And so I kind of just go, uh, no, I don't think so. I, I think I'm going to pass. But hey, this has been great. Been great talking to you. I think I'm going to head out. And he's like, whoa, 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 what? Excuse me? What do you What do you mean? And I go, yeah, no thanks. Not interested. And at first, there's a little bit of silence that I don't really know how he's going to take it. Well, then this guy just lets me have it. He's like, I, got, I set aside time in my day to talk to you, and now you're not going to buy from me? I mean, what's the deal with that? And I'm like, well, honestly, I'm just... I said, I'm just, I'm not convinced. I said, and you know, and rather than keep the conversation going, I think I'd rather just pass. He says, you're not convinced. I mean, I just told you we've been in business for 10 years. Our clients love us, yada, yada, yada. Until finally he says, you must have no idea what you're doing for your business. Tell me, how are you getting customers? Tell me what you're doing that's better than what I'm offering. And he's like, actually like wanting me to like give him what I'm doing to like prove that I need him. And I just remember thinking like, yikes, man, like cool it. It's not personal, right? And this this happens in sales. It's, it's, it's hard to face people's rejections. And sometimes we hit like our breaking point. But in this guy's case, I think he got to the point where he was like taking it so personal instead of just like realizing, hey, it's it's okay. You know, it's it's not the right time. It's not the right fit. It's not, you know, you don't want to work with every person. I mean, obviously you want to, you want to get as many people you know, working with your business as you need, but sometimes it's just not a good fit. And sometimes salespeople, they make it about themselves. In fact, when we talk about guru culture, I think this is where this really stems from. You know, these things kind of all tie together. I see a lot of people, especially in the sales world, where when, when a product doesn't work, they blame their customers. It's like, that was your fault. It didn't happen. That was your fault. It didn't work. And it's like, wait, 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 what? Wait, no, I bought from you. What do you mean? It's my fault. You, you sold me. You know, it's like I had one guy who I was, I was working through a, a guy I had hired a couple of years ago. He's a marketer 
and the the we were running ads and the ads just weren't working. And I was kind of like, I said something like, dude, what's going on here? And he just like, let me have it. And I was like, whoa, 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 hang on. I said, dude, you work for me. It's not, I, I didn't like graciously agree to spend your time. I paid you. I paid you thousands of dollars. Like you work for me. And I remember him saying, well, if you don't like it, you can go work with somebody else. And I was like, okay, I will. <laughs> but this happens sometimes in the guru world where people like, and it's this weird thing in like sales where we think that we have to be so credible to our customers that there's like this thinking behind, you need to make them think you are an expert. You need to make them think that you're reliable, credible, whatever. And so that means you need to be the total phenomenal person who doesn't take no for an answer. You don't take questions. You know, you tell them how the work's going to be done. And if they don't like it, they can go somewhere else. And in some ways, I like that sort of that sort of autonomy. In some ways, I kind of like that, that, you know, if you're going to hire me, we're going to do it my way. Because, you know, you know, when people hire me, for example, it's not what do you want to do for your business? It's not what do you think is the right decision? It's okay, you've hired me. So let's let's do it my way, because obviously, it's not working for you. But on the same token, there's a, there's a little bit of a sweet spot there where you recognize like your customers are gold to your business. They're literally, they're, they are the lifeblood of your business. And you have to appreciate the fact that they are putting so much trust in what you're doing. What happens instead though, is gurus promise the world. They promise you like, what, what if I told, I literally just saw this one today. What if I told you I could guarantee you 30,000 additional dollars per month and pure profit for your business. What if I told you that? Well, so someone reads that or they hear that and they think, well, yeah, of course I want that. I mean, who's going to say no to that, right? But then when it doesn't work, I see these, these marketers, these salespeople, what have you, who say, they say things like, well, you know, you really need to have a growth mindset. Or they'll say things. I had one guy who was like, man, do I, I'm kind of, I think maybe you're just afraid of success. And I was like, no, I'm, I'm not afraid of success. I'm I'm actually afraid that I just wasted thousands of dollars on you and that you might even be a sociopath. Like, because <laughs> these people, and you know what's even really wild is when these people actually, oh, you didn't get the results you wanted. Well, that's because you bought this. You really needed to buy this next tier up, which is twice as expensive. That's what's going to get you the results. That, and it's like this, It's it, frankly, it's like an abusive relationship. It's like, yikes. But so these people talk about these massive they give these massive expectations to try to get you to buy from them, which brings me from to my, my next point, my fourth point of like the awful sales strategy that I see people do. I see these, these gurus who they will tell the rags to riches story. They'll tell a story that goes something like this. They'll say, you know, my life was miserable. Everything was hopeless. I was living on the street. I was barefoot. I had bad breath. You know, my my fingernails were so long. They were dis I was disgusting. You know, I had I stunk, and I was selling bottled water to random passerbyers for a nickel. And so they'll they'll make themselves sound like they were pitiful, like life was just miserable. And they get bonus points if they can drop in some keywords that might even. It might even be relevant to what your life's like, what your circumstances are like. You know, and I'm exaggerating, but one example of this might be like, hey, so I was I was working in my nine to five job and I wasn't making enough money and I was so miserable and I just wanted a job that I could be happy with. I wanted to be able to have my own flexibility. I wanted to be able to spend time 
with my family and spend time for myself. I wanted to be able to travel. I wanted to not have to worry about money anymore. I wanted to to wake up with a sense of purpose. See, if you're listening to that, you're thinking, well, yeah, I want that for my own life. And so they say these things and then they'll say, they'll say something like, and then it hit me. I realized something that totally transformed how I saw my life. I totally realized an equation, a formula, a product, or what have you, that could transform my happiness in life. And over the course of the next six months, and they always have like a time, by the way, that's like totally unrealistic in the business world. They'll say over the next of the course, <laughs> for the in the course, in, over the next three months, I went from zero dollars to being a multimillionaire by doing this process. And because I care so much about you, random stranger reading about this, I'm going to give it to you at next to no cost. I actually even saw this, an ad that that used this kind of language completely. It was a guy, of course, he's in a mansion and he's got this whiteboard up and he says he has a number, he has two numbers. He has a number that says 250,000 and he has a number that says $97. And so he's standing in his mansion. He says, this number right here, and he taps on the 250 grand. He says, this number right here is how much I've spent over the course of my life trying to become happy. It's through fitness experts. It's going through gym memberships. It's through eating right. It's through, you know, going from job to job to job, et cetera, moving, you know, all these different things. And it, it, it has taken me this much money to finally be happy. Like, look at this mansion that I'm in. It take, it's taken me 250 grand to finally get here. And for only $97, I'll show you how to be happy too. Now, you may be thinking, I would never fall for that. How could I ever fall for that? And yet, people fall for it all the time. Because when you're desperate for your business, how could you not be interested in it? I mean, when you're desperate wanting that next paycheck... When you're desperately wanting to, to get out of your cash flow problem, to finally get the customers your business deserves, who wouldn't be interested in that? Who wouldn't, who wouldn't at least be curious in that, right? And so these people tell these rag to riches stories to make you feel like you can trust them, to make you feel like what they're offering is credible. In fact, I've had people who they'll send things. I had someone who they posted a picture of their Stripe account. And it said $200,000 from October to December. And he said, this is the money I've made for one of my clients. Would an additional 200 grand per quarter, would that make a difference for you? Uh, well, yeah, it, it would. But you have to know these things aren't, they're too good to be true. And they're building a business on manipulating people. Here's another message that I got. This is an, an actual message that went straight to my inbox. This person who I've never met before said, hey, say you could be making an extra $10,000 a month for the rest of your life, just working from your laptop four hours a week. How much would that be worth to you? And I got to tell this person was getting to the point of, you know, would it be worth just $300? If you could make 10 grand for four hours of work for the rest of your life, working anywhere you want, would it be worth $300? Really what these people are doing, they're manipulating you to get you to say yes, because yes feels so much better to say no. And they're using a mental trick to get you to recognize that people who say yes typically buy more than people who say no. It's all manipulation. 
Man, I even had somebody who called me one time and it was another marketer. Maybe this person was SEO. I can't remember what this person did. It was a salesperson regardless. And he was being real nonchalant, being real casual. And he said, Blake, I just want to give you value today. I just want to help you today. And I said, okay, well, you don't know what I need help with because you've never asked. But I, you know, I said, indulge me. You know, what do you, what do you want to help with? And he's like, man, well, I like to help coaches, which is what I am. I like to help coaches make 10 figures. And I kind of paused and I go, really? And he goes, yeah. And I go, uh, so you help coaches make a billion dollars. And he paused too for a second and I could tell he was kind of thinking and he goes, oh, uh, I, I, I meant seven figures. And it was almost like he was thinking and he said, wait, 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 that, that was too high a number. I need to back up and say something more believable. And I already knew this guy was totally BSing me. I already knew this guy was totally full of it. But what he's doing, he's promising an amount that gets me to be curious enough to buy from him. This stuff doesn't work. It doesn't work long-term. It's like the Ty Lopez here in my garage where he films something and fr- he films a video in front of his Lamborghini in his garage. And then he starts talking about like his mastermind program or like his, his you know, wealth program. I mean, who's not going to be interested in that? The problem is that these programs will absolutely burn you. And I know it because I've been there myself. I've had friends who've been burned. I've even had people who've asked me what I thought about a program. Hey, should I buy this? This is a two or $3,000 program. It's supposed to grow my business. Do you think I should buy this? And I've said, man, that, that has all the signs of a scam. I would not touch it. In fact, I had one person who did it anyway. And she came back a couple months later and said, man, it burned me and it burned me bad. I really needed that money and it burned me. The last worst thing that you could do from a sales perspective is disappear when I actually need you. Too many salespeople are only around when there's a credit card to be swiped. And as soon as it seems like this person isn't going to buy, they move on to someone else. I want to challenge that line of thinking and help you understand that some of the most successful, sustainable parts of your business in terms of customers some of the most sustainable elements that, that, that supports your revenue are going to come from long-standing relationships. Put out on social media, I just closed a contract with Arkansas Children's Hospital. It's the major hospital in our state, a great hospital. My wife worked there at one point. It's a phenomenal place. It's an incredible client to have. You know, getting that customer, I didn't call a decision maker and follow a sales script and talk about all these amazing things that, I could manipulate them into saying yes for. What I did was the decision maker I built a relationship with over two years. I called her. I checked in on her. She did the same for me. We had a shocker, real relationship. And when the time came for them to buy, I was at the top of the list because they trusted me. Trust is the answer to sales, not any of these schemes. So build your trust with your people. There's no hack to it. There's no shortcut to it. There's no way you can manipulate people into giving it to you. It only comes through time and effort and genuine attention with your people. Hey, if you enjoyed this episode, absolutely subscribe to the podcast leave a review. Hey, if you're local to NWA and you've been listening to the podcast, you've been enjoying it, I want to ask for a Google review from you. Go and drop a review on Google for the business. Talk a little bit about the podcast and what it's done for you. 
That's all I got. I will catch you next week. See ya.